Welcome. You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Marjolyn Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you could join us. We're here today with Dr. Emily Biori from Egan, Minnesota. Uh, Dr. Biori is featured in our November 2019 cover story on women's health issues, um, and she both promotes them and lives them. And uh, one of those is is kind of the, the mental health that goes along with carrying and ultimately getting rid of a huge pile of, of student debt. Dr. Biori, welcome. Thank you. I, I know that when we spoke before, you and your husband were both in graduate school and in the process am- uh, amassed qu- quite a pile of debt. Yes, that is correct. We were both in graduate school and we um, lived in two different parts of the country for graduate school. So on fixed incomes, we were um, budgeting quite a bit and paying two rents and saving two buy an occasional plane ticket to see each other. You married soon after graduate school? Yes. My husband and I met in undergrad, um, and we got married um, uh, the summer after I graduated undergrad. My husband is a year graduated a year before me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually did a year separate when we were married, a year of long distance, just to test it out and take things slow. <laughs> um <laughs> And then uh, my husband joined me in Oregon for the rest of my grad school when he was done with his grad school. Between the two of you, it it amounted to a lot. You've you've mentioned this before. Yeah, yeah, we had um, quite a pile of debt when we were both done, and it it was um, a Mount Everest is kind of how we felt about it. Our peak um, student debt pile was at three hundred and ninety thousand dollars in two thousand fourteen. That must have been sort of mentally consuming to, to look at that number. Yeah, I think um, I think it's kind of, uh, it's daunting, but also you, you look around and you um, have classmates, a lot of classmates. It's, it's kind of the norm to be over $200,000 or $250,000 in debt just by yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think we... We felt like it was going to be daunting, but we also felt like it was kind of the norm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when we both got done with school and we took out the normal 30-year loan, we kind of looked at each other and said, you know, we could be paying this till we are almost retired. That's a little (laughs) ridiculous. Right. So you chose um, and... To, to, to pay this down aggressively. And in fact, uh, earlier this year, we, we met because you had posted on the OD, OD Divas Facebook that you just made your last payment. So congratulations to that. And I know that there are people who want to hear, how did you do this? Uh, thanks. That was a really fun day just to click, um, you know, done. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I kind of, we I contemplated um, sharing it just because um, I know it's a struggle for a lot of people. I know that it's a big burden and I was sharing it not to be bragging of, you know, look at, you know, being done, us being done with debt more so just this is um, possible and, and more of an encouragement piece for new graduates um, to say, you know, you can get rid of debt faster than, uh, 
the norm, I guess, mm-hmm. or faster than a payment plan tells you you should get done with a loan. Mm-hmm. And um, you can live life alongside that as well. Right, because you um, didn't entirely stop living. <laughs> Not right. every penny went to. So so how did you kind of choose the, the two of you that this was going to be, a, I guess, a, I guess a priority? Um, yeah, so so we're fortunate, again, both to have gone to grad school. We've got um, careers where we have said, okay, um, we're both making an income and we're going to budget our lives so that we can live under one of our incomes and the other income is really going to be dedicated to student debt or to loans. Um, we did some other things where um, we you know, made little goals along the way. We still made sure we went on vacations here and there. Um, we still made, we, we decided to buy a house along the way because that made sense with um, tax, uh, you know, planning and that sort of thing. <clears throat> but um, we really put large chunks of money towards loans every single month. And um, I think, uh, I think that you know, so one, I've gotten a couple messages from some other optometrists just through um, my posting on that. And, and I've um, shared that it's really nothing fancy as far as any software or any, um, any fancy categories of spending or saving. It was just keeping track of each penny along the way and knowing each month how much extra we could put towards debt is going to amount to how much each year and how how fast we can plan to get done. So you created this plan, um, and then something happened that kind of whacked out your plan. Yeah, so we had this really pretty awesome plan of let's get done with our loans, and then um, we, we did decide to not start a family for a couple of year for a few years just um, to get that loan down. And babies are expensive, and diapers are expensive. <laughs> So um, we plan to be done with our loans the same year that um, we were going to expect to have a baby. And um, I got uh, diagnosed with a rare type of leukemia during pregnancy. So that threw a wrench into life. You and I have talked about this before, and it still it, it never ceases to, to amaze me because, uh, you know, you just muscled through as as people do when they're right uh when when life throws them curves but uh it's it's still pretty remarkable to to listen to the story and and ultimately this didn't throw you too far off track um so as we had decided to aggressively pay down the loans we were we were pretty far ahead of our payments in fact i don't think at the time i was diagnosed with leukemia i don't think we had owed another payment on our student debt for another 10 years per se. Okay. Um, so it didn't make a big deal to stop payments for a while. Um, and I didn't work between, um, chemotherapy and pregnancy stuff and maternity leave. I did not work last year for seven months. Hmm. So that did slow our loan payments down, but it didn't cause any financial burden to us, which was pretty awesome. That is. So let's let's talk about how you planned these these loan payments. You you were actually paying the the monthly payment um, ahead of schedule. Yeah. So 
I, um, we looked into um, a few different things. We looked into some con consolidation of loans because, you know, some loans have um, had different interest rates than others. Um, we had looked at consolidating the loan down to like a shorter um, plan. Um, but what I had figured out is that if we had stayed with our 30-year plan, um, and I just continue to play, pay so much over the plan, over the payment. It would just basically, um, it would it would halt that payment due until the extra had been paid up. So, for instance, if I pay twice as much as my minimum payment, then another payment won't be due for two months. Not all loans are work that way either. So we had looked at. Um, going to a different loan vendor and just moving our loans over to a vendor that we were going to qualify for way, way low interest. But um, they said, you know, if you pay extra on this loan, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have a payment due the next month. And so I had decided, well, I kind of like this, the um, reduced stress of if I pay extra, then I'm not due for another, you know, six months or whatever, because I paid six times the extra of the minimum payment. So we actually did keep our 30-year payment plan, but um, by the time we were done, you know, loans weren't due until, payments weren't due, I should say, until 2040, 2045. <laughs> <laughs> so we could have sat on it for a while, but of course, it was just so fun to get rid of it. <laughs> so did you save interest money by, by this this process? Oh, yeah. So um, I think, and, and that is kind of the ridiculous thing, that's how these um, companies make a ton of money is on interest. And I think uh, any long extended plan, whether it's a mortgage or a um, student debt plan, they're going to make twice, almost twice as much money as, as the actual principal because of how long you're going to pay on right. it. So I think we saved... I, I, I'm sure we would have actually paid at least half a million dollars had we just kept with our minimum payments. And I guess, again, I think every maybe every loan vendor is a little bit different, mm -hmm. but um, the extra that I paid, um, as, as long as the interest was taken care of, the extra I paid each month went to the principal, and I specified that. Okay, so you were yeah. paying your principal down faster. In terms of budgeting, if you want to kind of unpack that a little bit, did, did the loan mm -hmm. payment come first? Um, I would say that we really just kind of compartmentalized incomes, per se. So, um, for instance, my husband's income would be, you know, mortgage, gas, groceries, um, spending, and mine would be okay, all of it goes towards loans. Now, if, say, my husband um, had a little more in his paycheck, then unless we needed it or wanted to save for a particular vacation, <laughs> then we we're going to put that extra towards loans. Okay. And you did have vacations. Yeah, we did. Um, we did a lot of fun stuff before a baby came along. <laughs> Not that baby isn't really fun, but we haven't done a whole lot of vacationing since then, <laughs> um, quite yet. But um, yeah, we did we did a couple international trips. Um, we we went to Mexico, which we neither of us had done that before. Um, we went to Europe, um, to Germany and England and France. I have a girl, a college roommate who lives in Germany, nice. and we did 
Oktoberfest in Munich with um, five girls that lived in my college house and their husbands. Nice. And um, the next year we went back and we did um, Norway and Sweden and we did a lot of hiking. Uh, my husband has some cousins who live in Sweden, so we we're able to, our first cousin that lives in S Stockholm, Sweden, so we were able to visit him. And um, yeah, we kind of went all out when we did vacations, but um, super fun because we were able to say, okay, we've achieved a lot, let's do something awesome and take some time off, which I think you need anyway. So where where did you scrimp and save? Um, I, 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 my husband and I are not big, but I, I'm not a big shopper. <laughs> um, I, I, ever since we got married, I have kept track of every penny that we have spent. Um, and not that I make a big deal out of, um, I'm not a person to go to Starbucks or Caribou and get a coffee every single day, mm -hmm. but I will. And I think that that's not a big deal but I do keep track of it. And I think it's, I tell people that I do keep track of spending and still currently do on a weekly basis. Again, it's nothing fancy, just how we're spending. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to see how much things add up and how much you can save when you don't spend little things. Right. Um, so I think, you know, just watching our spending so very closely and just watching our income and, um, putting a big amount each month on the loans is like you said, almost kind of, it gets to be almost like a game. Mm. Like I would get excited about it and my husband would too, <laughs> but mostly me. <laughs> so now for the past several months, you have not had to make that loan payment. Um, is yes. your bank account filling up? Um, you know, we are actually, taking a little break to do some house stuff. Um, we bought our house in 2015 and, um, you know, we've never, we haven't done a whole lot to it, even though I, I, you know, I like most things about it. Um, so we're kind of doing some renovations on our house, some new carpet. I walked into a furniture sto store and bought a couple couches with cash. That was fun. I've never done that. Um, and then, we are going to do finish off our basement and do some deck work this next year, um, but then start investing also in 2020, which I'm really excited about. So that's great. So it sounds like you you know you put some of these things off, but um, yeah, now now you're able to to put the money towards them without without uh, you know rack, racking up uh, consumer credit either. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Paying for couches with cash. That must have uh, yeah. opened some eyes too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of fun. I haven't done that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And uh, we, we didn't mention, but uh, I know that you, you had you had said earlier that um, your diagnosis came while you were pregnant. Your little guy is fine. Right. Yes? Oh, yeah. He's, he's great. He's doing wonderful. He's very healthy. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. And you're feeling well. Yep. I'm doing really well. I'm about, um, let's see, almost 14 months cancer-free. Congratulations. That's, uh, yeah, that's a thanks. good reason to celebrate. Yeah. I'm feeling really good. And my oncologist is really optimistic for me and really always has been. And um, I still have another year of maintenance medication to be taking it. And it is a, it's a low dose, very, very low dose oral chemo. And so they, I still go in for um, blood work just to make sure 
um, my white count is okay and it's okay to be around patients and, um, and, you know, but I'm feeling really good and, and she's really, um, she's really excited that things have gone just perfectly this past year or 14 months. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. How much did that experience of being a patient affect the way that you practice? I think it has, um, and you asked me that before when we were visiting Marjolyn, and I um, thought about that more since then, and it's it's really affected me a lot. I think it, it just gives me so much more empathy for, um, you know, for everybody I see, and everybody's got their own story, and sometimes people are carrying heavy stuff with them, and you don't necessarily see it. Right. Um, and I, just, I think I've just been able to connect with people better um, and just had more empathy for what's going on in their lives. And being on the other side, being a patient and sitting in waiting rooms for, you know, hours each week has was a experience and, and hard and frustrating. And um, but the, the care I got was just amazing. And my um, doctors have been just amazing. So I think I've kind of just taken a, a little bit from that and just, um, like, like I said, had more empathy for those I'm caring for. So Dr. Bjori, uh, thank you again so much for sharing your story here. And you shared your story with us for the women in optometry issue. And people can read that online at womeninoptometry.com too. Um, it's, it's been a pleasure and I hope that you, you that your story motivates people to 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 realize that the student debt that they've acquired is uh is surmountable it, it, is there one two three best pieces of advice um yes i would say um don't go without health insurance yeah <laughs> don't skimp on that that, that um, would have that would have totally uh destroyed you financially i think yeah, a, absolutely. a big illness like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, I would say, um, still make time for fun stuff and have other goals as well as, you know, financial goals, just things for fun and, um, taking breaks is good. Um, yeah. And just still make sure you're enjoying life while you're, um, having financial goals. I think that's important. That's wonderful. And, uh, you, you, sort of are the uh, the poster woman for for that to mm-hmm. not only have kept these financial goals but then to also you know deal with the shock of uh, of an unexpected diagnosis and the 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 process the process that you had to go through with that so uh Oh, thank you. Truly appreciate it. Thanks so much. It was a a pleasure. Yeah, it was wonderful hearing from you. And I'm so glad that uh, you're on the road to, you know, complete recovery. And I hope that it continues to go extremely well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I hope you join us again next time on WL Voices. If you'd like to be part of our podcast series, please contact us. You can email us at wovoicesonline at gmail.com or via our website, womeninoptometry.com, on Facebook at WL Magazine, or through Twitter or Instagram at WomenODs. See you next time.